Hello, welcome back to the Rooted Podcast. I'm Cassandra, and I'm just so grateful that you're here. This is the very first episode of season five, and I could not be more excited to be here with all of you. I am still getting in the flow of finding my rhythm with my voice. (laughs) It's kind of hard to get back into that flow, but alas, here we are, and today's episode is going to be really fun. My sweet friend Joe at Joe the Minimalist on Instagram offered to help me just get my feet wet and um, ask me some questions um, as we get back into this new season. And so it really just turned into this genuine heart to heart. She and I have so much in common. We tend to go through life's lessons and experiments in tandem, which is pretty funny. Um, And so there's just so much to unpack here. And she does a really beautiful job of asking me some really intimate questions while still giving me some space to work out the privacy of it all, you know, where I've been for the past six plus months on this little hiatus and just where I see myself going, where I see this podcast going. And I'm just so damn thrilled to be back and I cannot wait to see you on the inside. We have Joe at Joe the Minimalist here, who so lovingly offered to uh, help me wipe the cobwebs off of my microphone as we get back into the Rooted podcast. And I immediately took her up on the offer because it just felt it was just so sweet of you to, you know, ask if you if there was a way that you could help me reintroduce myself sort of to this podcast because I feel like I said in the trailer, like I feel like I've lived ten lives the past like almost eight months. And it's really hard to get like a jumping off of like, how am I going to come back into this world? Not trying to pretend like I haven't been through a lot, but still not trying to like make the energy so heavy. Right. Cause it hasn't all been bad. You know, Joe is actually a friend of mine. Um, we did meet through Instagram and we've just sort of like formed a relationship outside of that as well via text and voice notes and stuff like that. So Yeah, I guess let's just dive in. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me back on. Mm -hmm. I know we had an episode way back in the day. It seems like almost two years ago now, maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm so excited to be on and to be a part of this new season for you. Um, We, gosh, I don't know exactly who we met through, but... I'm a big fan of just meeting friends on Instagram occasionally because I've met some really great people, including you, and I'm just really grateful for this friendship, too. I feel like you and I have had a lot of similar seasons of life at the same time, and it's just so funny that we connected when we did, so I'm grateful to be back. Thank you. Yeah, for anyone who um, wants to look back, I can't even tell you what episode it was, but it was, yeah, about a year and a half ago, and Joe um, sadly lost her brother and was willing to come on and share her grief experience with all of us, and it's such a beautiful episode. Um, so yeah, I definitely encourage you to look back, but yeah, like you said, in the same breath, we've gone through so many experiences almost in tandem with grief and just like, I don't know, so many things under the sun and it's really fun. And even just our values and our morals are so similar. And so it's really fun to watch you go through these like life changes and these shifts and like to be able to text you and be like, dude, me too. Like at the same time, (laughs) this is so wild. 
It's so true. And you know what else we forgot to mention? Both of us are also projectors. Yes. And human design. (laughs) Oh my God. I know. It's. I know. And I was actually thinking of you this morning because I'm actually going to get a birth chart reading. Oh, cool. And it's my first one. Um, And I was thinking, I was like, you've got to have cancer in your chart somewhere because I'm cancer moon. And I feel like you and Mm -hmm. I are both very into our emotions. So Mm -hmm. I thought of you this morning when I was thinking. I'm a Taurus moon. Really? Is cancer anywhere? No, not that I know. Not in like my sun rising. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So interesting. Anyway, um, (laughs) all the fun things. So speaking of projectors, actually, my first question that I had to basically kick off our conversation today is you've been a creator. You've pause. (laughs) You've been a creator and also a podcaster for a while. Mm-hmm. What has kept you going with this? And I'll kind of add a side note. I think as a projector, um, and for those of you who don't know really what we're talking about with human design, it's really interesting. It just kind of helps you uh, understand a little bit more about how you operate in the world and what you're here to do. And for projectors, they're supposed to wait for the invitation. Um, and often their signature is success. So I think sometimes for me with social media, it can be a bit tough um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, just there's so many different elements of social media and you may not always kind of get what you need out of it as a creator or as a projector. And some of that just isn't in our control. So I'm just, I guess my question for you um, to kick off this new season and to kind of just think about all things creators what has kept you going with this? Like what gets you up in the morning? Like what are you excited to talk about this year? Mm. I love that question. I think for me, I've always been, and you and I have talked about this, but I've always been such a sharer. Um, it's something that's really sweet. My sister has said like multiple times throughout my life. And cause my youngest niece, Juno, um, she's like, I see so much of, uh, Juno in you or you and Juno because she can't, not like as a young person, she can't not express herself fully. And she isn't afraid to like really share with who any, like whoever will listen, how she's actually feeling and what she's experiencing. And she's like, I just have always admired that in you. And now I get to watch her do it. And I say that because I think it's just, I'm, I'm operated that way to where it's like, I don't feel like I'm being my true self. If I'm not sharing, whether that's through the written word um, or through the podcast, which is my preference. And I think I'm also, so with project, with being a projector, I'm also self-projected, meaning I find my answers when I speak aloud. So like talk therapy is so good for me. Um, if I can't come up with like a decision or solution, talking it out with a friend and not even waiting for their advice. It's mostly when I hear like the vibration or I hear my own words come out, I'm like, Oh, I know what I need to do. So it's been really cool that like the podcast has become sort of like this healing tool for me, right? Where it's like, I hopefully get to help other people and, you know, share my life experiences and whatever. But I also get to like help myself in the same breath, which I really, really love. Um, So I think for me, you know, I've obviously taken a really long hiatus, but I've noticed and we'll talk about like where my hiatus came from and like what's kind of been happening in that part of my world. But like, I started to feel this huge disconnect from myself. And when I really got down to the root of what that was, I realized I'm not 
vibrationally sharing. And that's really hard for me. That feels like stagnation in my body. And no matter what I was doing, even if I was like really close with my girlfriends or, you know, writing in my journal, it just didn't feel like enough. It didn't feel like my natural essence. And so I was talking to my husband and I'm like, I need to get back into podcasting for me, for no one else. And that right there feels like a victory because I often do create for validation and I'm not embarrassed to say that. I mean, I'm a freelance photographer. Like the validation comes from the result that my clients feel when looking at their photos. And so that feels natural to me that I would create from that space. But I've had to learn to like make that separation with podcasting versus, you know, my work as a photographer. And it feels really good to feel like I'm at that place of like, it's really okay if like, a hundred people listen to an episode. I'm not, I don't look at the analytics of podcasting because at the root of it, it really is to, to speak from my heart and to sort of release things from my heart. And if I get to help people along the way, that's amazing. So right now I would say in that season of life, it's the podcast is getting me really excited. Like I feel pumped to wake up and share and even the editing that's so grueling. It's like, I'm just excited for all of it. There's so much I want to say in response to that. Um, one, it's so amazing that you have your little niece and, and that your sister sees that in her too, because I think kids are amazing in that way where they aren't conditioned by the world yet. And mm-hmm. they are just showing up as their truest selves and I, we had this speaker come to work the other day and she said she saw this little girl like yelling and jumping in like a fun way and having fun all throughout the airport. Her parents are chasing her down and she just sat there and thought to herself, that little girl has not been conditioned by the world yet. And one day she will become quiet where she will second guess herself. But right now she's not. And what a beautiful thing. All of us at different times in our lives are trying to go through that deconditioning process and understand like, what is my truest self? And the greatest part about knowing that you're a self-projected projector, and I promise this won't be all about human design. I just, (laughs) it always comes up with us because we're Mm -hmm. so similar. Mm -hmm. I'm also a self-projected projector. Oh, you are? Yes. So that sounding board, hello, we both have podcasts. That sounding board is a part of our journey here, you know, and we, we don't need advice. Sometimes we just need to hear what's coming out of our mouths and say, huh, start restarting my podcast feels right right now. Mm -hmm. That will be a supportive step for me. So I don't know. I think some parts of life are easier to share than others, obviously. Mm -hmm. And also that validation part of it, like feeling heard and feeling recognized is just a part of our journey as well. But I, I think with my own personal journey, that's why I'm kind of on like a mini Instagram break is just because I'm trying to work on the podcast and not pay attention so much to those insights and those metrics like you shared, because Mm -hmm. I do think that they can, I don't know, sometimes make people second guess themselves. And I really want to let myself just fully, you know think outside of that for the time being. So I totally, at the end of the day, don't you just like, I'm trying to think so like tunnel vision on like at the end of the day, like I want to, it's the most important thing that I feel at peace and at home and like 
equilibrium within my own body and my own soul. And that like, I feel proud of the thoughts that are like going on through my head. And so for me, it's like, and this sounds really weird to anyone who's listening. I don't know if you do this, Joe, but like if I record a solo episode or even like I have an interview, I will listen back to it mm-hmm. and be like, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm really <laughs> proud of like what came out of my mouth. It's like, it's almost like I can like re-listen to that and have that be my true compass to like the answers that I need. It's not so much like that I'm I'm looking for other people to tell me what to do, which is really healthy for me because I'm someone who will seek out like you know, not, not that birth chart readings aren't great. Cause I've done so many that, but like, I'll get like a human design reading or I'll like talk to a spirit medium. And like, that's when I know I'm a little out of whack is when I am clinging and constantly booking different sessions like that. When really it does come back to like, all right, maybe I just need to sit down and record a podcast about what's going on, you mm-hmm. know? So. And it's funny you said that. Cause I definitely feel a little, you know, off lately too. I feel like I don't know. When I wanted to book the the birth chart reading, it's because I'm feeling like unsure of my path. Mm-hmm. And in all reality, do we really truly need those things to move forward? No, but it's like this thing that comes up where you're like, I need someone to tell me I'm on the right path. Like yeah. I feel like sometimes I am. I feel like sometimes there's definitely things I have to move away from like social media. Sometimes for me, it's a bit too much. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you're spot on with that. Yeah. And I think a lot of times too, like those types of things, my sister and I talk about it a lot because we're both very similar with like booking readings and stuff like that. I do think that there is something to be said where sometimes you get exactly what you need and sometimes you get exactly what you need, like not assuming that it's going to come from that way. Like sometimes you'll get a reading and be like, oh, what they told (laughs) me is not true for me. You know, you can be like, that was not a great reading, but I gained so much insight from the fact that like, does that make sense? Like you almost get that and you're like, oh, shit. either way I had answers or exactly. You're like, wait, I don't need this. I have everything that I need, but you're right. It's like, it can be really exhausting to trudge through the mud and like look for it on your own. Sometimes it really does help to have a little seed planted for you, you know? So yeah, I think you do what you got to do feeling like we're on the right path in some way. And then if we don't get what we need, it's like, okay, I don't have to look this way anymore. I can look inward. On the topic of podcasting, Mm -hmm. what are you most excited about with this new season? And I'm just curious, asking for the audience, what can you expect? Yeah. So, I mean, kind of the same old. Um, I mean, I really do love interviewing. I think it's so exciting to talk to humans that I haven't really met yet and really get to like dig in. And I've formed so many amazing relationships just because of that, because of reaching out to strangers. It's like, I now have this, like not a bond per se, but it's just like people that I would have probably never been able to like sit down and have coffee with. Right. It's like, you get that privilege. Um, so that, but also I really, I had this epiphany where I was like, I, want my core people on the podcast. I really want to bring Jonathan on. He is such an interesting person. He's been through so much in his lifetime. And so I think that would really be really fun to have him on to talk about that. And even just like marriage and whatever. I act like we've been married. We've been married for a year, but you know, just like, Hey, a lot happens in a year. Exactly. Exactly. 
um, having my sister on who is a midwife, having my mom on to talk about motherhood, my grandma, like she's such an amazing, hilarious person having my nieces and nephews on to like really get those like beautiful, candid answers from kids on certain subjects, like just switching it up a little bit, you know, and really having fun with it. Um, and the main thing too, is I am a Virgo I relate with it in some ways. And one of the ways is structure and outlines and not fucking up. And so I really want to let that go. That's my challenge is I want to let go of feeling like I can't record because I didn't prepare an outline and really being able just to sit down to the mic and fumble over my words and have that be okay. And maybe have people hopefully like relate with that a little bit more to where it does feel like we're sitting down to have coffee because... I'm not reading from an outline to make sure that I don't forget to talk about something. Um, and I, I really want to do something maybe like once a month called, I, well, I don't know what I'm going to call it, but I was thinking like rooted roulette where <laughs> I like open a page of a book, like a favorite book that I'm reading right now. I, I think, you know, 101 essays that will change the way you think you have it. Don't you? It's so good. I do. You can open any page and be like, Whoa, there's a nugget. And so something like that, where I can just open it up and be like, okay, like this is the topic. Let's go and just dive in. Um, so a lot less structure, um, but still hopefully, you know, a ton of connection and just being really real. I'm, I'm, I think even with social media, it's really hard to exist on there now because everything just feels so, and no disrespect whatsoever, but everything still just feels so curated and so planned. And I'm just like, not there right now. I've been there before. I'll probably be there again. Aesthetics is like my jam. But like right now I'm just like, I can't operate from that space. I can't keep up in that way. And so it feels good to have some freedom here with the podcast. So I hear you on that. I feel like (laughs) it's such a weird thing. Social media. I sound like um, my parents a little bit. Mm-hmm. Social media just like isn't what it was a couple of years ago. There was yeah. so much more organic connection. And now, how do I explain this? Especially as a content creator, it's a lot of curated posts, planned posts that attract others, but not necessarily like it, it, it attracts kind of like similar groups to you, mm-hmm. but those groups are also trying to build their following. So the content isn't made for each other, but mm-hmm. you're not kind of getting the audience and the viewers that you necessarily thought that you would. I hope that that makes any type of sense, but it it's, I find that the posts that do the most, um, the posts that get the most engagement are the ones where I'm like, okay, I experienced this thing yesterday. I'm going to share on it. Yeah. And a lot of people reach out, oh my gosh, I've been going through that too. So I think especially with your podcast, those unplanned episodes are often the ones that resonate the most with people. Totally. Because they're so real. Really cool. I'm excited for what's to come for you. Yeah. And I think too, like that's kind of like what you said, you're taking a little break from social media and it's not really that I'm taking a break. It's just more that I'm like, I don't know. This isn't like where the connection's coming from for me. And I've been spending a lot of time, you know, dedicating my energy to the newsletter, which is so different these days. I don't know how or why, but it's like when I sit down to write, it's like you 
I feel like you went through this too recently where you were like, no ads, I'm done. Like I'm done Mm -hmm. sharing links. Me too. I woke up one day and I'm like, this blows. I hate this. Like I'm happy Mm -hmm. to share if I'm super jazzed about something, but like I am done with this like reward style affiliate. Like, no, it does not make me happy. It makes me feel a little cringe. And I was doing it for so long. So I was like, well, I think that's what I'm supposed to do. And also I think that's what people want. But as I'm letting that go and I'm like chiming in on the newsletter with, like you said, stories, it's generally like a random story or like a breakthrough or a thought or like I'm letting my wittiness back in. I'm like being a little weird because I am. I'm using my potty mouth because I have one. I'm just showing (laughs) up and just being like typing, well, let's see what people think about this story. And that feels so freeing. And so I think for me, it's like, yeah, my energy is really steering away from social media. And like, I'll still like get on and be like, oh, here's my coffee or like, here's this new nook that I designed in our house, you know, because that feels good to me. But my energy isn't dedicated to that space or checking how many likes or how many comments or whatever. It's kind of just showing up and being like, meh, like whatever happens, happens. And then here, like in this sacred space is where... I feel like the real magic happens. That's like where we're talking about really important things. Um, And that feels nice to sort of like loosen my grip on a corner of of the internet that isn't really serving me. Yeah. And I feel like you and I, especially you are with podcasting and with newsletters, at least for me, it's so much easier to show up fully as myself. And it's like the people who like resonate with us and gravitate towards us, you know, you know who your people are. You know, we all have our people, whether we're a creator or not. Yeah. Those people feel like they're getting that cozy one-on-one time with us. And that's what we want too. Yeah. We want them to feel like we are a good friend, having a conversation with them, sharing what's coming up for us. And I think those people get that. And like, you know, they, they know that we're not the way that we operate is is more on that one-on-one level versus, hey, here's what I'm putting out into mm-hmm. the world on social media, X, Y, yeah. and Z. You know? Well, I think it feels really beautiful too that those people are showing up with intention. They're showing up because they have chosen to listen to you in their car or whatever, or right. they have chosen to take a break from their workday and read your newsletter as opposed to mindlessly scrolling and you happen to pop up and they're not sure how they even started following you in the first place. Do you know what I mean? It feels That's way such more... A good point. Yeah, it feels more sacred. And I think, yeah, you're right. It's like I take the relationship with people who have subscribed super seriously. And I I am someone who definitely flows in and out of consistency. It's something that really bothers me about myself. But at the same time, it's like we have to trust those waves, right? And I know that when I'm in a wave, I will dedicate myself to really showing up fully. And when I dip out, it's because I don't have much to give. And I hope that people understand that as well. You know, like I'm never just going to come on and be like, Oh, let me just try and pour something out. out of my ass. Yeah, exactly. It's like, nobody needs that. And nobody likes to, I've read that and I've heard that in certain podcasts where I just want to be like, man, I wish they knew that they could take a break, mm-hmm. you know? Cause like this does not feel great to listen to. I want to make an important point on that because I think it'll resonate for people listening too, is I do the same thing is I'm not the most consistent. Like I will disappear from social media for like a month and a half and then I'll pop back up when I'm ready. Mm -hmm. 
What I've realized with that is it is a part of life to naturally go through trial and error. And it doesn't mean that we're taking a step back. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that break basically propels us 30 steps forward. Totally. So each time we take a break or we're not consistent, for us, it can feel like, yikes, I'm a creator. I'm supposed to show up. But I show up with so much more intention and I show up differently more and more every time it happens as my truer and more authentic self that I try no long, I try to not think about those breaks as a setback anymore. And I try to think about them as this is going to happen for the rest of my life. Like this is a part of my natural process. So yep. each time I get better and better. And so do you. So that's so well said. That yeah. Yeah. That's so well said. Is it, it not being a character flaw? It's like actually commending ourselves for being able to step away mm-hmm. and not try and force things to happen. And I, I try to make light of it too, where I'm just like, yo, I'm yep. back. And yep, this has changed again. You know what I mean? And, or like, yep, I know I said that I was going to do every Friday, but now it's going to be maybe every Tuesday. I don't know. So yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think I just need to be a little bit better about not being so rigid on expectations and like, so that people can get familiar with the fact that like, yeah, I flow in and out sometimes. Like I'll always kind of tell you when I'm flowing out, but that's just yep. part of, yeah, like you said, that's part of who I am. And that's, it is, you're right. You nailed it on the head. That's part of our growth process. And I think that's actually pretty awesome. Exactly. I mean, it, it's, it's hard to show up uh, in the world sometimes and share all of these things. But I think each time it makes us better and we know what we need more than anyone else. I know you mentioned Jonathan coming mm-hmm. on the podcast eventually, and I'm so curious to to learn more because I feel like I've heard about him, but just looking forward to that episode because it does yeah. sound like he's a pretty interesting guy. I'm curious what married life has been like over the last year and what has been your favorite part and what has been something maybe you didn't expect. Sometimes I still just can't believe a, that like we ended up together because like it's a long story, but our childhood best friends are married to each other. And so it's weird, A, that I didn't meet him until 2018. Like that piece is super weird that we never ran into each other. Um, but then also just like that when we did meet, we dated for a few months, but I was like coming off of this like horrible heartbreak and was just like not ready, which sucked because he's incredible. And I was just like, shit, this person is like the real deal. I am not equipped for this right now. And so when I ended it with him, I just remembered feeling like in my gut, like I'm doing the right thing for me, but I'm also making a huge mistake by ending it with this person. Um, and I just remembered like begging him to stay friends with me. I was like, I remember I was sobbing on his couch and I was just like, Oh my God, like I'm, I'm not saying this empty. Like I need you as a friend. You are such an amazing person. And he totally stood up to the plate. Like we stayed friends and it wasn't always easy. Right. Cause it was like that. Will they, won't they, will they, won't they. And, um, I think so now, you know, a year later we got together, but so now it's like to look back on that and just be like, Hey, I'm so proud of us and how we handled that. and proud of myself for waiting until I was like, truly ready to be somebody that he deserved to be with. Um, I was not trusting of anything. And so 
I think just like being married to him now can get me really emotional because I'm just like, he was so worth the wait. It was like the most magical, the word is so old school, but like courtship, right? It was during COVID. It was during the pandemic. We were together every single day. And so the fact that like, that was our beginning, that was our dating life was like the world's falling apart. Like <laughs> we're just going to go <laughs> every waking moment together and figure this out. And then, you know, being able to plan a wedding together in three months, it was just, our relationship has been so different from the start. And so I think that, I don't know, it just makes our marriage feel different in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just my favorite person. It's It's been really fun and it's been really hard. You know, we've been going through a lot our first year of marriage. He got really sick our first few months. He was in the hospital twice. Um, all is well now, but like that was really scary and really jarring. And then, you know, we've been trying to start a family and like that's been really hard. Um, and we bought a house and like, that's really exciting, but that's also really big. Just a lot of like big shit all at Mm -hmm. once. And, but it's also two people coming together and trying to figure out life and keep each other safe. And it's a huge responsibility. And so I think, um, that's like the best way I can put it is it's like the most radical responsibility and the biggest privilege and honor to, want to choose somebody every day and to have them want to choose you back is a really freeing feeling. Totally. Long answer. (laughs) No, that's helpful. And like, you guys are a beautiful couple. I think sometimes love when it comes to you almost don't recognize it. It's like, like you said, with your best friends or your, both of your childhood best friends, knowing each other first, it's like love just finds you sometimes in the most, I would say, worst timing and sometimes in in the weirdest way that you wouldn't expect. And I'm really proud of you for saying, you know, maybe I can't be the person who you need right now because maybe I am untrusting and maybe that would fall on to you. Uh And for him also being so sweet and waiting it out with you, like that's how you know that that person is worthwhile. You know, like totally just an amazing person. So I'm glad that everything worked out that way. Yeah. And it's just really cool too, because it's fun to look back now. And that was such a weird, scary time, like mending a heartbreak, but then also meeting somebody and being like, "Uh oh, they're important. I don't know how, but like they feel different. Like I just felt immediately like I was like, I know him. Mm -hmm. Like he is so familiar to me. He is so safe. I just like instantly loved him, but I don't think I really realized that. I mean, that was probably one of the most pivotal moments in my life of like actually trusting what my soul wanted and following through. And I'm just so lucky that he happened to be in the same headspace still. So yeah, be friends first. I mean, that's like the best. I'm so grateful. I hate that we had that breakup, but I'm so grateful that we like created this friendship that was so familiar and loving and trusting and fun to where when it changed romantically, it was like the both and, which is yep. killer. It's like the best recipe. Speaking of, uh, you guys have been in a season of waiting and I don't want to fully, we don't have to fully go too much into this, Yeah, but I'm curious 
what has been supportive for both of you during this time and what's been your biggest takeaway? I feel like these moments teach us so much about our relationships and, and just so many things. So feel free to share whatever you'd like to. Well, what's so crazy is, you know, our relationship and the chapters of our relationship have always moved pretty quickly and that were really seamless. It was like, even when we got together, it was like, we weren't together to be like, hmm, I wonder if we're going to like really like each other. It was like, we got together because we both knew that we loved each other. So there's like that piece. And then, you know, six months later, whatever, we moved in together. And then some months after that, he proposed. And three months after that, we got married. And then we knew we wanted to start a family. And five months after that, we were pregnant. And so for us, we were just like, duh, yeah, like this is how our life works. We kind of get what we want. And so after we miscarried, I think we were like, uh, it was such a shock as it is to anybody who goes through that. But especially for us too of like, oh shit, okay, well maybe, maybe our path might look a little bit different. But even then, like after we miscarried, we took a little bit of time, not enough time for my body to heal, sadly, but we took a little bit of time and we're like, okay, all right, well, like this is devastating. This is traumatic. We're going to try again and it's going to work. And the season of waiting has been fucking terrible. And I think what I'm healing from now in therapy and even just like on my own is that I've put my body through so much. Uh, it's important to say that I'm really sensitive physically in general. And so when you are on the path, I can't speak for, when I say that I'm not speaking for other people, but as myself, like when you are on the path of knowing that you are ready to become a mother, it feels so primal and like you would claw anything to get there. And I, that is where I have been the past six or so months of like, I wish my doctors had given me the advice after we miscarried to sit and be still and heal my body and not put any medication in my body. Medication meaning like the hormones for um, IVF. For anyone who doesn't know, my husband and I are doing IVF. Um, Currently on a break right now. So for me, I just kind of went into this being like, oh, cat's in the bag. Like I'm super fertile and I've done all the testing, which is amazing. I'm so fucking grateful for that. I just... I thank my lucky stars all the time. But on the flip side, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why are we in this waiting game? And I think that's been the most frustrating piece. I I can't believe that I got to the point where I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I need a break. Um, But I got to tell you in the same breath, it's been, it's only been a couple weeks that we've been like actually taking a hardcore break and I've never felt better. (laughs) I never thought I would say that because like I said, I've been fighting tooth and nail for this baby and in this moment, I'm like, I'd rather be present in my marriage and be so thankful that I'm doing this awful dance with somebody that I love and like respect so much. And so we've just been like laughing. We've been like just being a married couple. IVF can take over. It is nuts. And so I think even like moving forward, or, and this is unsolicited advice for sure, but like anyone who's um, getting ready to go into this, I wish somebody was just like day by day, step by step, try not to like look so far into the future because 
it's just completely taken over my life and it like was ruling my identity, which is why I was like nowhere to be found for a while because I felt like I was drowning in this sea of like medicine and feeling like shit and not knowing why things weren't working. And I don't know, it's, yeah, it's been really hard. Um, but it feels, like I said, it feels really, really good to be in this space of like, oh my God, I can breathe clean air again. Right. Like I have my body back and we're going to do things differently next time. And just trusting that, you know, it's like really scary when you lose self-trust. Thank you for sharing all of that because I know it's, it's a subject that it's hard to know emotionally, like for ourselves, how we truly feel about it and where we're at, because it's, it's, it can be very difficult and in ways traumatizing. I think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, like you said, when you're ready for a baby and it's not happening and you feel like, Oh my God, I'm doing everything right. And you see others around you, you know, not having the same issues and you can just become at war with yourself and it can affect relationships. And for anyone listening who is also waiting on their little one, I think, I think this pressure we put on ourselves in that way can be so, so hard. And I know it's like, it's hard not to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's so many more people that experience these seasons of waiting than we think. It's just something we don't always talk about because it's, it could be considered taboo or it's hard to talk about. Right. Like totally. Like even before you and I hit record, you know, we were talking and I told you, I'm like, it's the, it's the one subject in my life that I have felt so protective over. And it's the reason why I won't share so much is because I'm like, I don't like that my immediate response is that I feel bad about my body because my body is great. My body is doing what it's supposed to be doing. My body is rejecting medicine that it doesn't need, but it's taken my mind and my body a lot of time to sync up. And for me, it's like all I can hear is like that little devil on my shoulder being like, oh, people think you're broken. People think you can't do the one thing women are supposed to be doing or People think you're so behind. Like this person has three kids and they're like, why the fuck doesn't she have her shit together yet? That is so sad to me that like, that is point blank what I think people are thinking. You know what? Oh my gosh. Like, it's so funny that you say that because these things do just bring out like the parts of ourselves that sometimes we just naturally need to work on for ourselves. Like I think for me, Um, my own seasons of waiting, like it kind of shows me like, here's where you feel you are unworthy or here is where like your, the story you're telling yourself is impacting your life. But anytime I've seen someone going through IVF or seasons of waiting for the bait for a baby or honestly barrenness in any sense, like no results in any part of their life, I say not not to say that you need to share, but I just say like, oh my God, that person is like amazing. so brave and so strong and so amazing. And I'm so excited for their happy ending. Yeah. Like that is not the first thing that comes to my mind is like, what's wrong with them? But that is like in our heads, the story we're telling ourselves. And it is not true. How did so. I never look at it that way? 
It's so hard, but you have all these, like, the first thing that comes to mind is like, oh my God, just like so much tenderness to that person. You just want to like wrap them up and like give them a hug. And like you said, you become the silent cheerleader. Mm -hmm. You're like, I cannot fucking wait until if they ever decide to share that they now I'm ready to just like jump for joy. Yeah. And I have, I have some of those people in my life right now and like I've seen their happy endings and I'm just like, oh my God, what that person went through. And guess what else? Not only what they went through and they're so strong because that is a given. However, wow at how powerful of a testimony that is for others who are there now. Yeah. Like they're going to see that journey and I'm not saying that anybody should, should feel like they have to share, but like, wow, they're going to see that person's journey. Even if they share it after the fact, when they're actually ready, totally, they're going to see that person's journey and say, if they can do it, like I can get through this too. So that's what I see. I see that too. I also am going to be totally candid and say, I get fiercely jealous too. It's like, I'll be like, Oh my God, I'm so excited for them. And then I start crying and it becomes this like ugly cry. And I'm like, am I okay? And so it's no, like, I think sometimes you got to wait until like uh, after, because then you can like see yeah. it in a different way. But yeah, I, I feel that something that Jonathan says too now and then, which I think is so sweet and something that we talk about a lot. And it always makes me feel so good. Even if it's just like a comment in passing, it's he's like, we're going to be such fucking good parents. It like, and please hear me loud and clear. When I say, if you like were able to sneeze and get pregnant, I think that's so fucking amazing. And like, that doesn't make you less of a, yeah, that doesn't make you less of a better parent. That's not what I'm saying. But what Jonathan is saying when he says that is like, there's like this outpour of energy. And like, when you aren't getting something that you want so bad, it's like the, the, it's a different level of gratitude. It's just different. It's not better. It's not more. It's just different. And that is something that really gets us excited and helps us stay a little balanced is just knowing like, oof, this is going to happen. And when it does, like, is that going to be sweet? The other thing too, is like, not only are you going to have that different form of appreciation because you know what what work you went through to get there you're also going to get more than you bargained for like mm-hmm. i feel like in these seasons of waiting there's often always something else that we're working on in the meantime like for me personally like i'm working a lot on the way that i eat and my exercise and my movement and my wellness routine like i tend to get overwhelmed and i tend to get anxious So I'm also working on those things right now because when you're trying to have a baby, you're like, I got to kind of let go of this grasp I have on this outcome of this child. And I think once you actually have the baby, Mm -hmm. you also are able to surrender because of what you've learned from that experience, you know? So you're going to get, I trust that with your, you and Jonathan's situation, you're going to get more than what you're asking for. And I think one day in the future, we're going to come back to this podcast and we're going to talk about it. Note of what you said. I think that's so true because, you know, like I was saying earlier, Jonathan and I, like our relationship has moved so fast where, you know, we both knew we loved each other and then we both knew we wanted to start a family. And so there are pieces where we look back and we're like, wait, our first year of marriage was like trying to have a baby. And so now that we're in this space of like, oh, we have a beat, we're like, let's be newlyweds. Like let's be married. And so I say these two things, one going through all of that, all of this with him these past like eight or so months has made us so close in its own right. Like 
I'm just so grateful. I know people firsthand who like, you know, stuff like this fertility and IVF and stuff has made couples just like claw at each other. And it really does break my heart. And I can see why that happens because like I said, it is really intense. But fortunately, I'm so grateful that like, it's really only like made us run towards each other. But then also I'm like, this has been our marriage. We haven't had just like even dating through COVID, we haven't really even gotten to like date. So we've been like going downtown and like going to second city and just like doing all these like fun things that we haven't really experienced yet together. And so that feels really sweet. And that is something that I think too, like what you were saying with like, you know, working on things outside of the one thing that you're calling in, right? Like focusing on other little points that will make this thing you're calling in that much sweeter. And for us, that's really focusing on our marriage and being lighthearted together and having a lot of fun and creating these memories so that when this baby does come in, we're like, Ooh, we did live a little too in the waiting, you know? I'm so excited for that. And yeah, just thank you for sharing more on, on that story. Yeah. I was nervous, but you're welcome. (laughs) I hope it helps somebody. I'm sure that it's going to on that topic too. Mm -hmm. I think in any tough season of life, sometimes we also have to say no to ourselves or Mm -hmm. parent ourselves in certain ways, whether that's like, Hey, this relationship isn't serving me like in terms of friendships or my habits aren't serving me or, you know, I need to step away from social media or I need to step away from all of these activities I've signed myself up for. In what ways would you say that you've protected and like parented yourself in different ways so that you can Mm. kind of manage some of the things that come up with journeys like this. I love that. And it's really funny that you even asked that because that's brand new. I haven't done that. I'll be totally transparent and say that I haven't done that since this whole thing started. Um, I was very much at the mercy, like I was saying of our doctors and not really listening to like what I thought or what like my intuition was telling me to do because I was too scared to counteract like someone in the medical field, you know? And so I think for me, it's been like, I don't know, this season of, or this brand new season of stepping in and being like, okay, um, it does not work for me to not move my body. Like I was being told that I basically needed to be a sitting duck to not like harm anything or to, you know, really rest my body. And for me, I'm like, no, that put me into such a depression that made me so anxious. And so I'm now in the season of like, kind of like you, like doing, trying to do daily movement and meditation. And already seven days in, I'm like, I feel like a new person. And I think it's, it all comes down to basics, which I think is so funny. It's like, we're so good at making things bigger than they need to be, like trying to make these monumental changes And for me, it really comes down to like taking Epsom salt baths, moving my body, meditating, and like being lighthearted with my husband. Those are like the ways that I am reparenting myself right now and taking care of myself. And they are so freaking simple. Um, I have a big problem with rigidity, which is why I fell into the trap of like, I'll do whatever they tell me to do and I'll do it like an A plus student. Like, I do not fuck around with that. Like, if somebody gives me, like, a rule, a set of rules, I will follow it like that. And that's actually really dangerous for me. Um, and so 
moving forward, I, I hope that I can hold on to that. But like, that is my promise to myself is like less rigidity, more room for intuition to come, to come through more room for self-trust and really honoring what it is that I need and knowing that I do know best. Doctors know a lot that I don't, especially with what we're doing for sure. But there are pieces of myself that they can't touch. And I want to make sure that like, I'm very protective of those pieces. Yeah. Like we know our bodies and Mm -hmm. how beautiful that is because I don't mean to like take us back to this too, but it's, it's another one of those things, the extras that you get from an experience like this Mm -hmm. is how would you know to question some things that don't feel right or authority in different ways without this experience? Yep. You know, so like for the rest of your life, now you, you have that confidence to know like, yes, I trust doctors and I'm grateful for what they can do, but there's certain things that I need to follow my intuition with. And now I have the confidence to do that. Totally. It's a both. And it has to be a both. And in order to survive. And I'm really lucky to where it's like, you know, we have this team of doctors, but my sister's also a holistic home birth midwife. And so I'm like, that is beautiful to be able to tap into both and then be like, okay, what lands? You know, it's like a take what works and leave the rest type of recipe. And I didn't do much of that before. I kind of closed everything out if it wasn't coming from my doctor. And so now I definitely am going into this next season in 2023, just being a little bit more open-minded and knowing that I I am actually very smart and very wise when it comes to myself and what I need. And yeah, I try to stay off of like WebMD, you know, but like God, (laughs) that internal compass piece, I think knows far more than we, than we give it credit for. Exactly. And I myself also have to stay off of WebMD um, and Reddit for that matter. Yeah, I know. Oh God, the horror stories. Anyway, um, (laughs) everyone listening, stay off of those things. Um, Take it from us. Exactly. And I'm so glad that you're leaning into the movement and just the, all of the nourishing meals you're posting. And I don't mean that in like a toxic wellness perspective, but like those things matter to us and they feel good to us. So the fact that we're making space for them and leaning into what lights us up is so important. And especially the meditation you said, because I'm doing the same things and they seem so, so, so simple, but they build up and you feel the effects like your, Mm -hmm. your nervous system feels it and you feel more at peace and more calm and more able to pause throughout the day. And I think those things partnered with the lightheartedness with our partners, like, gosh, it's just everything. And they're so little and they're so doable if we make the time for them. So totally. And really quick, I do want to add one piece again, just to keep it super real, because like what you were saying about, you know, when I would post like nourishing meals and stuff like that, like, I do want to say that a lot of that was because of IVF, just like I was posting it. And in my head, I was like, I'm eating this. It's delicious. But also because I feel like I have to, it was like, if I craved a bagel or something, I'm like, I can't fucking eat a bagel. And it feels really good now too to be like, okay, well, I've done everything under the sun. I've done what they've told me to do. I've done what they've told me not to do. I've, you know, had wine before transfer. I've not had wine before transfer and we're, we don't have a baby. And so for me, I've talked to Jonathan about this a lot of like, I got to just live my life. I can't it honestly. And I'm not saying that like, don't follow your doctor's advice. But for me personally, it was just like, okay, well, I've done both. And I was really unhappy one way, really stressed out the other way. And so now moving forward, I'm just like, 
I'm eating bagels. I had a drink every night last week. Every and I, no, I don't intend to do that every week moving forward. But like, I did, and it was fine, and there was no guilt attached to it. I wasn't like, oh, I'm ruining my body. This baby isn't going to come because I had wine every night. You know, it's like, I'm just done. I can't operate from that space. You know what? The takeaway is you have to do what feels right to you. And I think you're a very self-aware person and you know what you needed in that moment. And there is no shame there. So I feel you 100%. You know the energy behind the bagel. If it feels good, eat the fucking bagel. Girl, you're in Chicago. Eat the damn bagel. What's wrong with you? (laughs) To kind of tie us all up here. A lot's going to be happening for you this year. I feel it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I just want to know if there's anything you want to say to the listeners listening to this today and uh, just kind of to close this episode up with. Yeah. Um, I think just honestly, not even in like the way that it sounds so trite, but just like, thank you for being here. Like, thanks for continuing to show up and to hold space and, hear what I have to say. And I mean, like we said at the very beginning, it is so much for me um, and for my well-being. And God, if I get to like help one person or even just make one person feel understood or seen or just like make them laugh, like that's it. I don't really, nothing else matters to me. Um, And I really hope Again, on the consistency piece, I really hope that this year is different. I really hope that I do give myself the grace to continue to show up because it feels good and maybe even to challenge myself to continue to show up when it's hard, you know, not from that place of like, I don't have anything to share, so I'm going to force something, but like really challenging myself to sink in and share things that feel uncomfy Um, because I think that's when like a lot of the magic happens actually. Um, and yeah, just like, I really hope for more conversations like this, Yeah, just having more heart to hearts, you know, it's like, it's really cool to learn new things from experts and stuff. And I don't want to like necessarily shy away from that, but I think we just need more connection. I think we need to witness more relationships and especially, I think for me, especially women to women, I think is so needed right now more than ever. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to be back. And thank you for making it an easy entrance. <laughs> Absolutely. And as a listener and a friend, I just wanted to share that I'm just really proud of you. And I'm really, really excited for this season and what's to come for you. So thank you for, you know, sharing everything with us today. Well, thank you for making it easy. I really appreciate you. Appreciate you too.